0: We'll This is Ian Trottier for Discussions of Truth, Wednesday, coming at you at the 4 o'clock hour. It's 4.11 Eastern Standard Time. I'm here Wednesdays, every Wednesday, typically at 5 o'clock, but since the COVID-19 debacle has uh, entered mainstream life, if you will, uh, every aspect of it, globally, but most importantly in the United States. Uh, I have, uh, well, the program has been receiving and has the fortune of receiving um, a broadening, broadening, if you will, of guests. So uh, though not officially announced on the website, uh, we have uh, been starting and filling that four o'clock hour uh, the past few weeks. Uh, If uh, this maintains, then, of course, uh, at Winwood One, we will be changing Uh, the official start time for that 4 p.m. hour. But nonetheless, you can always count on a discussion of truth at the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, And you can always hear me live uh, right here at Winwood One and also uh, uh, various other uh, domains, uh, Discussage of Truth, Stop Mass Media, Freedom Reserved. Speaking of Freedom Reserved, that book will be released in July. That's been pushed back due to this COVID virus. Uh, COVID 19 virus, the release date initially was April. Uh, it has now been pushed back to July. We're looking at uh, the 23rd, I believe, of that month. Publisher is Trine Day. If you're not familiar with their publications, give it a search in your public search engine. Trine Day has some incredible, incredible uh, uh, books being published that really uh, push that, uh, that, that normal narrative that you're fed through mainstream media. Uh, Next week, that's May 27th, next week we've got James Edward O'Keefe III, he's earned a BA in philosophy from Rutgers back in 2006, he founded Project Veritas, and he has been funded, uh, this is public information, he has been funded by the Trump Foundation, he's also been funded by foundations that are linked to the Koch brothers, regardless, he is fighting for uh, and against corruption in media. Uh, so he'll be joining Discuss Your Truth next week. That'll be followed by Seth Dillon, who operates Babylon B, is the name of his site, out of Jupiter, Florida. Those will be the two guests joining next week in separate hours. Again, starting at that 4 o'clock hour uh, right here at Winwood One. Uh, uh can to discuss your truth. Okay. Um, later in uh, getting into next month, we've got Pharma. Greed, Lies, and the Poisoning of America. This is by Gerald Posner. He is a three-time New York Times best-selling author, former Wall Street attorney. He's a member of the New York and D.C. bars. He's made appearances on NBC, History Channel, CNN, Fox News, CBS, MSNBC, and uh, other other outlets. Uh, His work uh, really is the portrayal of, said by the Chicago Tribune, a merciless merciless Pitbull of an investigator. God's Bank, A History of Money and the Power of the Vatican is one of his previous works. Later on that month, we'll be joined by Crisis of Character author Gary J. Byrne. That'll be June 17th. We've got other guests coming on and I'll be delivering uh, their names and information to you at a later date. I appreciate you listening uh, to the show. Pass it on. Share it with a friend, share it with an associate, co-worker. The message contained herein is incredibly important, intrache.com. Okay, today we will be starting off with American investigative journalist Helen Byninski. Ber- excuse me, Helen Byninski. And uh, she is a, a Brooklyn-based American investigative journalist uh, that writes for RT. I think she's had some of her uh, publications appearing on InfoWars and Veterans Today. Uh, she'll be joining us here momentarily. We'll bring her in via Skype. And the second hour at that 5 o'clock slot, will be joined by Robert Scott Bell. Natural healing and liberty is his motto since 1999. He has, a, he has his own show. I think he may be out of Florida. I'm not sure. Uh, he's a homeopathic doctor. And somewhat of an expert on silver therapeutics. So he'll be joining us uh, to tackle Big Pharma, if you will, the, uh, the the second hour at that 5 o'clock hour. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Please do Ian Trottier. That's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. Let me briefly mention that wherever you are, okay, Helen and I are going to dive into this and deliver some incredible information to you in, in, in just a few seconds. But what you're looking at is a complete and total infringement of your liberty and your rights in the guise of a health pandemic. Or Yeah, it's a pandemic. I was in Miami and I lived through the Zika epidemic. And uh, and, and, and folks, if you are awakening to the fact that your republic is crumbling at your feet, spread this word immediately. Where I'm at, I will not be disclosing the location, but where I am at, uh, there are local groups that are now organizing to take on this tyrannic, financially fed, puppet master that controls the United States and your Constitution. So local to where I'm at, as I speak, this is May 20th at 4:17:17 17 seconds. There are local groups to where I currently am that are forming to take on the tyrannical puppet master that is controlling the United States government and its constitution. Yes, I am telling you that there is a force that controls your government. And they're doing it invincibly. Check out Brigadier General Robert Scott who was on my program a few weeks ago. It has been infiltrated, and they're aiming to take you out and completely control you, by the way. Okay, so uh, without any further ado, bringing on Helen Bynitsky. Here we go. And by the way, I will try to incorporate a video broadcast. I've, I've got many uh, 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 many suggestions and requests to do that. This is Helen Bynitsky. Hell envious guide okay um, she's not all right so she's not she's not connected yet I know I, I've been uh, been in correspondence with her throughout uh, the day and I know she'll be waiting uh, she'll be She'll be ready to go here um, in a moment so we're gonna try her back right now to see if she's ready Again, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, If you are not yet aware that your freedoms and liberties are at jeopardy, I hope this conversation and discussion helps. Helen Byninski, connecting with Helen Byninski. Okay, so we're having an issue connecting. Let me uh, uh, just let her know that I'm trying to connect. to connect and just see if she gets that message sometimes as we become so heavily dependent on the digital highway and digital roadways uh, sometimes um, connections are difficult so I can see that Skype is actually not even sending my message out yet. Let me try to figure that one out here. Updating conversation. Skype figures this out. Um, let's see. So, okay, let me let me give you a snippet here of. Let me give you a snippet here of what was discussed that I become privy to at a local, um, a local a local uh, a local effort that is organizing. Um, actually, uh, bear with me, and I will shoot her uh, an email. Uh, to try to connect that way, Uh, and uh, perhaps that, because I can see Skype is having issues. Um, So, uh, uh, let's see, because there we go. Okay, one second, thanks for bearing with me. Skype is having issues, so we have invited her to call in. And as soon as, uh, as soon as she receives that email, hoping she does, uh, because I can see that Skype is just simply not connecting. Um, Okay, what's so? uh, So as soon as she receives that email and she calls in, then uh, we'll go from there. Um, Okay, so so. So, what you need to really kind of wrap yourself around is the concept of this is where this is where things are heading at this moment. Uh, past few months on the program, this is typically all we have addressed um, is the COVID nineteen uh, epidemic. Why? Because personally, it resonates with me. In that, um, and, and let me just quickly mention to you that last week. Uh, author of Healthcare Reform and A Voter's Guide to uh, Healthcare, Uh, Den Bishop joined the program. He's the president of Holmes, Murphy & Associates. So he was our guest last week. Uh, We opened that program up with Dr. Michael Hall out of Miami Beach who actually has a lawsuit against Dr. Fauci. Okay, Michael Hall out of Miami Beach. Dr. Michael Hall is actually suing Dr. Fauci. And this... This isn't even around the COVID incident, COVID nineteen incident. This is having to do with uh, with with the Zika epidemic that hit Miami uh, a few years ago. Um to try to forget the Skype thing because uh, time is uh, time is time is wasting here. Um, let's see, it's just simply not connecting uh, to uh, to Helen. Um, let's see here. All right. Let me, uh, let me try this. Apologize, apologize for the, uh, for the, for the, for the, for the mishap. But again, this is paperwork that I'm throwing around the uh, desk here. Um, again, what you're looking at is a a complete infringement, if you will, on your rights to speak out. Um, and I'll, I'll read this opening cr- paragraph from literature that was that was that was handed out at a uh, at a at, a, at a organizing effort, this, a group of people organizing uh, to speak out against the lockdown. Um, you can take your own opinion, right? There's no there's no doubt that this COVID nineteen is a health threat. It's it's a real virus, whether it's natural. It naturally occurs in bats, which is the narrative, or whether it's a a, a natural virus that's been mutated uh, in a lab or designed in a lab. That's 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 an argument in itself. Uh, so regardless, like the Zika virus, if you will, because I speak about that because I was exposed to that, um, it's it's a real virus. Okay, Zika was discovered in a. Uh, Rhesus macabre, macabre monkey in the uh, Uganda forest in Africa in 1940s. The funding by the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, they have long been uh, investing in your health. Um, okay, so uh, the, the inception and origin of the uh, COVID-19 strain of the coronavirus is of uh, obviously of great debate. Um, and uh, identifying that is uh, likely uh, kept behind uh, you know, military walls. So the information that you're privy to and I'm privy to, which is the public, is going to be limited. Okay, here we go. We've got Helen connected. Let's try to connect with her. There's something going on with Skype. Helen Beininski. Helen Byninski, Ian Trottier here. Welcome to Discussion of Truth. Sorry for the delay. How are you today?
1: No problem. I'm great. How are you?
0: Uh, I am fine. To give you an explanation as to the tardiness, uh, Skype was having a problem for some reason to, uh, to connect. Uh, it's great to have you on the program. If you would, please take a moment, Helen, uh, and, 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 and simply educate uh, listeners as to what you do, uh, who you are, what your background is.
1: Okay. Well, I'm an investigative journalist. Um, I research whatever happens to be uh, being ignored by the establishment media. Um, I write for RT. I have my own website, HelenMDestroy.com. I've written for a bunch of other places. I publish on Global Research a lot, done stuff for Activist Post. I used to work for Progressive Radio Network. Um, Basically, I look into the, the, the underbelly of well, the American government. I'm American, so I feel compelled to kind of try to make up in my own way for what my government is doing around the world. And uh, I also get into the intersection of technology, surveillance, control, uh, the police state, basically the structures of control. I'm very much into uh, dissecting propaganda and trying to counteract propaganda because I feel like especially uh, in this day and age when there's so, so much war is waged on the level of information, and so... If you can get into that and sort of dismantle that from the inside or from from the right angle, you don't have to be a big powerful state to make changes in the world. You can be an individual, or you can wake up individuals to make a difference. So that's Helen, about it for me.
0: Yeah, thanks. You're based in Brooklyn, is that correct? Yes. Helen, at what point in time uh, did 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 your did 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 your career, if you will, in journalism? Uh, was that a uh, uh, was that a uh, was that simply a product of your understanding of some of these other issues, or were you uh, were, were you studying a, a career in journalism and led to some of these outer problems? If that makes sense to you.
1: I was originally planning to go into neuroscience actually do psychological behavioral experiments on people and I decided to work for the other side I guess I don't know it, just, it got to the point where there was so much that needed to be said that wasn't being said and originally I, I also kind of wanted to write fiction and I realized truth is stranger and more interesting than fiction and it's also the, the world it, it needed uh, some, uh, not, not that I fill the needs of the world or anything like that but I felt like I could do more good and be more useful uh, if I was exposed uh, certain things that nobody else seemed to be willing to expose.
0: So. Well done yeah and what was what was one of the what were the one of those initial uh, initial things that you felt needed to be exposed?
1: just the divide and conquer going on in the political sphere. I mean, I started my website in, I think, 2015 as the, the whole election thing was kicking into high gear. And I just thought it was really, like, shameful how journalists were not doing their job and were just falling in line behind some of the most repulsive people that have entered the political class in a while. I mean, it, it not not that uh, the, the victory of Trump was any great uh, thing for the human race, but considering that uh, the progressives were lining up behind somebody like Hillary Clinton and the, the fact that people who had uh, supported Bernie Sanders, who stood for one thing, and then you've got this Hillary Clinton who stands for the opposite. Now, whether Bernie Sanders actually represented that one thing is another story. But it just, uh, it really got to me because I just saw everybody just immediately falling in line. And that, that was when I, I started writing more about politics as opposed to social stuff, which I had always kind of been doing. Uh, just mostly for myself, but I, I felt like it was it was necessary to really counteract some of these narratives because they were just so completely divorced from the truth, and nobody nobody else was doing it. Not in the, not in the journalistic sphere, at least.
0: So you you talk about Hillary Clinton and, and Bernie Sanders. Uh, and, and, and there's certainly corruption on every level of life uh, in our government, for sure, in our economy. Um, for for listeners to understand a little more about. Um, you write for RT. That is a Russian television network that's financed by Russian TV. Um, Why do you choose to write for them?
1: American media won't go near the truth with a 10-foot pole and um, they're completely have abdicated their responsibility to you know be critical of their government to uh, point out its abuses point out the abuses of large corporations I mean t- to take an example from current events now you're even even someplace like democracy now which purports to be a progressive organization they were uh, yesterday shilling for this moderna this uh, vaccine company that uh, has never brought a vaccine to market that somehow went from a trial of 45 individuals to eight people and heralded that as a victory democracy now is saying oh this is a great thing this is the left liberal organization doing this so rt you can actually criticize people like that because we're not beholden to corporate sponsors so um yeah i think that rt you can have a lot more freedom to tell the truth and I'm, i mean that's the failing of american media not to, not that uh, it's necessarily something that only the russians can do but uh, americans apparently have decided they don't want to do it so i'll go where i can tell the truth
0: yeah, and you're not the first. You're not the first guest uh, that's uh, that's actually written for RT. As an American, we uh, we actually have uh, somebody that currently lives in Moscow as an American because he's left the United States. Um, so the digital age is spawning all sorts of different divides that are unexpected, I suppose. Uh, and Daniel Estlin, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he sold uh, uh, millions of books. Uh, worldwide, he's a, he's, he's Russian-born and living in in, in, in Spain. Uh, his books have been all banned by by England and very limited, uh, uh, very limited in, in, in the United States as far as uh, distribution. Uh, yet uh, yet his books sell like uh, sell like hotcakes in Latin America and, and, and certainly in uh, in Spain. Uh, Daniel Estlin. what what's your opinion, uh, 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 Helen? What's your opinion on a group like the 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 Council on Foreign Relations?
1: Well, I mean, you have to have your elites in, in all of these little groups so that they can. They, and they come up with names like council and foreign relations that are totally benign. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a training ground for the, the the ruling class. They pick out the young ones from these elite institutions like Harvard or Yale or whatever Ivy League, and then they put them through the council and foreign relations where they often stay. And then they get there to meet people. And it's multi generational. I mean, this is kind of like it's both the the training camp and the like the elder statesmen. It's but it's yeah they 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 do a lot. Of their dirty work in there, it's just one of many of these groups.
0: Do you do you see Helen? Do you see the CFR? Uh, do you see that being a, a, a main cause to the uh, corruption and uh, 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 mis uh, misreporting, if you will, of of uh, all sides of journalism, of mainstream journalism? Do you see? Do you see the CFR uh, weighing into that at all?
1: It's certainly one of them. I remember there was a, a recent panel that the, there was a clip of it that was going around for a while and you had the the executive editor from Time or the former executive editor from Time I don't know if he was still working there but talking about how how it was very important to be able to to lie to your uh, to your population because sometimes you know the truth is too much for them to handle and you need to keep them keep them in in line and you know when you have people from journalism coming in and interacting with people from large corporations and people from various government agencies and talking about how you need to pull the wool over your eyes of your population, yeah, I would say that that's a big cause of the corruption, because it uh, basically trains people, including journalists, to uh, not do their job. Or it, it gives them the excuses that they can then tell themselves when they have to sleep at night. Uh, to explain why they've lied their entire career and why they've uh, just completely misrepresented the facts to their readers, which is totally not your job. So
0: yes, so of course I I, w- I want to get into um, this current pandemic COVID nineteen and I want to dissect that and I want listeners to understand y- your your viewpoint on that. But I but bef- before that, Helen, what what I want to do is I also kind of want to get your view and your opinion. Um, on uh, some, of these, some of these elite, you use that word elite, there are American elite families uh, that live under the mask and behind the mask of, of what seems to be an unconstitutional institution. Uh, per Article 1, Section 8, and that would be the Federal Reserve. So then we have to look at 1911, and we look at the Rockefeller uh, Rockefeller family and, and their current foundation that's supporting ID 2020. What do you draw? And if you can draw anything from the Rockefellers, and then we can get into Bill Gates as well. But what's happening with, uh, with COVID-19? You've got of course, some some members of society that are uh, that are scared, and I think everybody nobody wants to get sick, right? Re- regardless of uh, what narrative you're following, it's it's a real virus. It's making people sick. It's killing people. Uh, but getting into some of the roots of it is is a different a different story. So um, on on a plain level, it's. Hey, here's COVID nineteen. We've got to uh, we've got to self isolate. We've got to get injected. We've got to download these apps to to, to follow people that have been infected. Um, in your opinion, what's going on? And if you can insert uh, the Rockefeller Foundation outside of ID twenty twenty something, like that, uh, it, it, please do that. So 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 t- tell the listeners in your view, Helen, uh, what's what's happening with uh, with COVID this COVID nineteen pandemic.
1: Well, we're going to start with the Rockefeller Foundation. They came out in 2010 with that lockstep scenario. It's... one of four scenarios in this uh, book called the Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. And basically it describes exactly, if you read it, you'll see basically exactly the events as they have happened in this pandemic so far Uh, with uh, minor details aside. I mean, you have a a pandemic that comes out of nowhere and then everybody uh, looks to China's response. And China's response was to lock everything down because they have the ability to do that, being an authoritarian nation. And so everybody just follows China's lead and There's a police state, and people are begging for the police state, and, oh, it's really great, and everything's being tracked, and there's temperature guns at every entrance to everything, and it's very, very detailed in certain ways that make it very difficult to imagine that people didn't have this in mind when governments started uh, coming up with their responses to this pandemic, and then of course after that you had Event 201, which if that was the, the basic outline of the film that is our reality, then Event 201 was the screenplay. So, and then Rockefeller Foundation is coming out of uh, out of their hiding hole and d- devising the the plan for getting us out of this, which is contact tracing yeah. and uh, surveillance and uh, downloading an app to your phone. And it's funny because, like, Google and Apple, of course, everybody knows those are the evil empire monopolies, but they got everyone good and scared by saying, oh, it's going to be a contact tracing platform on your phone and it'll follow wherever you everywhere you go because your phone is your own personal surveillance device. But then after everybody was good and terrified of the fact that they were going to have this inescapable, like... Uh, surveillance panopticon, following them wherever they went, then they kind of softened it and said, oh, actually, we're going to do this human contact tracing instead, and it's going to be so much better, and everyone it it was relieved, but uh, sorry, the idea of human contact tracing, and I actually did a little bit of investigation, and I took the contact tracing course, which they're letting everybody do for free right now, Interesting. so I would advise curious listeners should uh, sign up for that because you'll get to see exactly what they're planning there's a lot of there's a lot of talk on that contact tracing course about how well we need to know about these apps just because you know in case you might end up using one in the future and they go into very specific details so they're planning on using the apps anyway they're just trying to lull us into this I, I don't know a false sense of security would be the, mm-hmm. the obvious term but uh, by, by telling us that oh no it's going to be like there's just going to be humans and it's going to be all warm and fuzzy but they're actually going to be using both that they wouldn't include that in the script but i mean that the the course is utterly orwellian they redefine terms like justice and autonomy and they oh autonomy only apply implies uh, applies rather when it's not for the public good if the public good is is important and, and it outweighs any sort of like uh, confidentiality, or right. they, they, the way that they they manipulate words is is very disturbing. But it's kind of what you expect from these people because we are dealing with kind of the the original ruling class. So when, when you've got the Rockefeller Foundation both outlining the pandemic and then outlining the solution for the pandemic, you know you're dealing with something that's quite a bit bigger than a virus. So, yeah, there is um I mean, yes, there is definitely a virus. It's definitely causing uh, some people to suffer and others to die. But uh, there's a lot more going on, and they've just grafted this entire police state structure, which was clearly not just put together on the spot. I mean, in the same way that they didn't just suddenly cobble together the Patriot Act after planes hit the towers, then this is— Similarly, that this has been lying around for a while and they've just been really excited about getting a chance to use it, which is why even though uh, what what nations do step out of line, I mean, Boris Johnson tried to not impose lockdown for a few days and then, well, you know, actually we we, we decided we have to do this anyway. And by the way, he's going to get coronavirus for being disobedient. And uh, yeah, so Trump decided to fall in line as well.
0: Yeah, I like how you said that. Where do you where do you see? This COVID-19 strain of the coronavirus, where do you see that incepting? Where 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 did that where does it come from if, as far as as far as you you've been able to see in research?
1: As far as I can tell, it seems to have come out of Fort Detrick, Maryland. Um, my I I've, I've read this hypothesis and it seems to be the most plausible basically that it escaped a little bit earlier than it was supposed to. Uh, in mid-2019, and you heard these reports of these mysterious vaping illnesses, and this old folks home in Maryland that uh, suddenly was stricken with an illness that killed a bunch of people, and uh, nobody knew where it had come from and what what it was, but but it was close enough to pneumonia that people, you know, they were able to sort of keep it under the radar for a while, and then uh, the Americans took it over to Wuhan for the military games in October, And then they kind of let it out there because there was this biosecurity lab lab over there, the only BSL-4 lab in China. So that was a good cover for, uh, you know, you get get the added bonus in there of being able to blame it on China and say, oh, yeah, they don't know how to handle their bioweapons. And by the way, you're not supposed to be having those bioweapons, so maybe we should start a war with you. And it's, I mean, they kill so many birds with one stone, it's really quite ingenious in an evil way. But, um, yeah, I think that that, that, that was uh, the sort of the, the timeline. I mean, Event 201 was a very hasty uh, dress rehearsal to try to get make sure that everybody was on the same page as far as uh, responses to what this would be. But they, they had already planned to release it relatively soon. I don't think that it got released super early. They had to get something in there because the economy was about to collapse, so they had to have something to blame it on lest they actually have to take responsibility for their actions, which is totally not something that people like to do. Um but yeah, it, it, pretty sure that it, it did get out a little early, though, because it, it, from the, the responses to, to the, the, the or, or either that or it, um, I don't know, I, I, I think it got out a little early, though. I, I don't think that they meant to deliberately release it so soon. I think it was a few more months. They probably wanted to have it closer to the election and uh, in general. But it, in, in general, the timeline is in line with uh, what I think they meant to do.
0: Have you, Helen, have you been able to uh, discover any financial links, American backing financial links to the Wuhan laboratory?
1: I mean, there's a, that, uh, Fauci, I guess, found, funded some of it. What, what happened is that uh, the U.S. stopped funding gain-of-function research, which is basically making a virus or pathogen more virulent and uh, they, so they had to sort of set up a lab over there in order to do their dirty work. But um, also the, there was uh, some leaks at the Fort Dietrich lab as well that Force them to temporarily shutter operations there. The leaks were in uh, I think right. August 2019. There were multiple leaks that year, though. And so it's funny because you hear them, and you also have Danny Shohan, this Israeli uh, biosecurity analyst, which is code for bioweapons researcher. And uh, so the Israelis are hooked in here somewhere somewhere as well. And they, Danny Shohan was, of course, the guy who tried to come out and claim that Saddam Hussein had uh, anthrax and tried to pin the whole uh, 2001 anthrax thing on uh, on Iraq. But um, he's he's involved, and he was coming coming on and saying, oh, the Chinese, they don't know how to really do a whole bioweapons thing. They're, they're, they're sloppy. And trying try to make it seem like it was the Chinese who made the mistake, but really it was Fort Detrick who was sloppy and leaving their bioweapons all over the place, which is why, again, I think that, uh, that it got out accidentally a little early. But um yeah, there's that uh, the, the Wuhan the Wuhan lab that, that that's they they've found some funding links to Fauci. Again, I don't think that uh, China has was really a player in the whole development of this particular thing. I think maybe uh, they had they they did some research over in China, but as far as the Chinese government being involved, I'm uh, less like less inclined to think that because just. I mean, what what did what was China served by this getting out? Uh, that China has not benefited from this. They already had a police state. They don't need another one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple a couple of the, the basics that I that I draw is okay. Wait a second. The, the, the communist uh, post World War II, right? So 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 Chinese are. Uh, practicing communism where does communism originate? Well, we understand it at least to have originated in Germany. So, so communism or that form of government is not even an inception of the Chinese people, nor is the people's uh, Republic Bank of China is, is that so that's also a European type banking uh, central banking um, uh, system. We also know that, uh, that that John D Rockefeller had begun funding and he developed uh, financially the Peking Union Medical College. Uh, in 1917, so after the after the 1911 uh, antitrust suit, and then the passing of the Federal Reserve in 1913, and that was also the same year the Rockefeller Foundation was formed. Uh, they began investing in healthcare, if you will, in China. So there's so there's certainly American links uh, to to Chinese, and that would happened to it happened to, uh, to 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 support uh, your analogy there that the, that the Chinese are likely innocent. In all of this, um, but with that said, uh, we look domestically, and then we look uh, we look at the current uh, commander in chief, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, what's your take on Donald Trump and how he's handling this crisis?
1: I think he's doing his best to pin it on China. He's—I uh, don't think that he necessarily knew that this was going to happen in the way that it has happened. I think maybe they told him that it was going to be like SARS and that it would just stay over in China. Um, but you, you have these uh, these. Reports that came out maybe a month ago or two months ago, saying that oh, the intelligence services have been carefully monitoring the the virus as it unfolded in Wuhan in, in November, and they came and they put a report on Trump's desk in January. Now, I don't know if Trump was actually if Trump was actually listening to his son-in-law. Supposedly, that's what the 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 Jared Kushner uh, told told him to hold off on responding to this because it would spook the market. then he's much dumber than I thought because I mean Jared Kushner is both. Stupid and evil, which is a very bad combination, but um, obviously he's not his own man either. He's an, a, a, just a, a, a puppet of the various Israeli interests that have an outsized influence on Donald Trump's presidency. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I admire him for not going full police state and for not, not to, trying to supersede the individual state governors as far as mandating they lock down, um, because they definitely wanted him to do that. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting because there was that one press conference, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, he says that he, he didn't want to lock down, but that he was urged to do it and pushed to do it. And he doesn't say who pushed to do it, but you kind of get the sense that well, it was the, the, the Gates and the, the Rockefeller Foundation types and all of these sort of looming shadows over any government that uh, – you don't really see, but they actually are telling them what to do. And well, in, in Trump's case, they're largely Israeli, but uh, in other cases, they they may be different facets of the the globalist tentacle.
0: Right. So, 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 talk a little bit about that, Helen, and then I want you to describe for listeners uh, uh, how you feel about the lockdown and uh, if there's listeners out there that agree with you, what they should be doing. Um, uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the. Uh, this hidden curtain uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, the Federal Reserve being established in 1913 uh, let's let's assume the Rockefellers are uh, one of the majority shareholders of, of the Federal Reserve there's 12 different banks uh, set up throughout the throughout the United States it doesn't get audited there's nothing federal about it it's not written in the Constitution it's something that you can trace throughout the history of the United States from 1776 that various uh, presidential uh, uh, people and administrations have dealt with uh, Abraham Lincoln, JFK being uh, two of the two of the uh, the most outspoken and, uh, about uh, a central bank, if you will. Even though the Federal Reserve again uh, was established uh, established after uh, Abraham Lincoln, um, but but Abe Lincoln and, and JFK doing the same kind of thing, inserting uh, U.S. Treasury backed uh, bills, which the Federal Reserve is not. Um, so, who, in your in in your understanding, um, who would be uh, the players behind this? Um, behind this, I'll say uh, non-American because it didn't exist in 1776, and it's not written in the Constitution. Let's uh, so I'll call it non-American. Who are the players uh, behind this? Uh, the Federal Reserve.
1: Well, it's interesting. The uh, the bailouts, these multi-trillion-dollar things that have basically completely devalued the dollar even further than it already was. They're setting up. They're basically feeding all of this money through BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager, and manages something like seven trillion dollars in assets and run by Larry Fink. Um, And so, basically, it's given even more power to these private companies. And then you've got Mark Carney of the Bank of England, who is trying to lead this whole process of getting getting all money, digital, getting rid of cash, which this is a big, big uh, aim of this whole uh, coronavirus thing, uh, the, the superstructure grafted onto it. And uh, so th- they're trying to get these things run through these uh, international superstructures. I that there's they have a lot of different names. I don't have the abbreviations in front of me, so I'll have to sort of improvise here. But um, yeah, people like Mark Carney, people like Mike Bloomberg, even is is uh, at least on the on the lower level there, uh, trying to get these things run, run through. Having to uh, s- check so many boxes in terms of sustainability is now another big one, and uh, that they, they're trying to make it sound all warm and fuzzy. So oh, it has to be sustainable. It has to be diverse. It has to be all these things, but then they have these other agencies that go and evaluate how sustainable or diverse or environmentally friendly. And so they're trying to change what constitutes value, and they're trying to monetize nature even. This this whole green movement is is intended to just make large sums of money because the actual financial system is collapsing, as we're seeing right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on here. As far as specific names, I mean, these, these aren't the kind of people that you'll read about in the news, so specific names... I would argue, are not even really that important, although obviously if you encounter one of them in a a different organization, it helps to know who they are. But um, just the idea that that this is all being done by private companies. Governments have very little power. Obviously, the Bank of International Settlements is the one that runs all the other central banks, and that's that's who's really got the money, quote-unquote, but it's like the idea of carbon credits and being able to trade and things other than money and getting everyone digital, getting everyone online so that they're... No longer, there's any privacy for uh, financial transactions. I mean, it's there. There's definitely a shift going on, and uh, it's away from individual power. And they, they just they don't want the individual to be able to control anything about their lives
0: anymore. Yeah, you put up some some great some great things, and certainly being microchipped and uh, and monitored uh, digitally it would be a, a complete loss, more or less. Of well, not completely, but majority loss of of one's independence. Uh, what what's your take, uh, Helen? What's your take on w- World Patent uh, WO 2060606 which is a Microsoft patent uh, uh, published uh, a few months ago, uh, a cryptocurrency system that mines microchipped human beings. What's your ta- what's your take on that?
1: I think it's utterly terrifying. It's basically the plot of The Matrix made reality because, I mean, they, they, they start with this whole benign situation that, oh, it's just going to monitor bodily functions. So if you watch an ad, they'll pay you. And that is, I mean, that's that's the most, the biggest cover story ever. If you... Look at it. I mean, the amount of power that's necessary to mine uh, crypto, if you right now the way that it is now is Bitcoin. You have these computers that con- consume huge amounts of electricity. So, one thing. I mean, if they're just mining crypto, it would really require quite a bit more power than the average human body puts off. So, it's what is really likely to be is that they'll be able to track your bodily functions, and then uh, if you do something, if your if your emotional response to whatever propaganda they put up is positive, then oh yeah, you get you get. A a little uh, a chip there, and then if you uh, if your emotional response is negative, then whoops, they they take that away because you had the wrong response. So it's a way to like condition people in a very insidious way that 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 is quite disturbing and like when I I talk about how it's the plot of the matrix I mean if they they actually get this thing up and running and they get the human body generating as much power to to power say a, a Bitcoin mining operation then yeah it'll be powering the AI that is ultimately controlling us and that's the really scary part but we have a ways to go until it gets there yet however I mean when we do when we are getting rid of cash and we do have everyone on these digital currencies then people are not going to see a drawback to it because hey free money Everybody's out of work right now. That's another part that's so insidious about the contact tracing thing is, oh, yeah, let's put everybody out of work and then offer them uh, upwards of $65,000 a year to spy on their neighbors. What What a great idea. Why? It's almost like they planned that. But um, getting back to, yeah, the patent, I mean, for one thing, calling it patent 666 is really a little bit on the nose. I mean, could you be any more obvious? Sure. But uh, they, yeah, they they know that if people call that out, then they just get to say, oh, look at that silly conspiracy theorist and conspiracy theory is now being treated as a threat to health, which, I mean, it kind of saw this coming, but it's just like, could it really be any more obvious? But that's, that's what they, they're just putting it all out in the open now. They figure they've got nothing left to lose. They're, they're on the home stretch. And so far, people are not standing up to them. Other than a few select protests, people are not really standing up. And I mean, I I don't want some sensors on my body mining cryptocurrency or seeing whether I watch ads or even if it's even in the most benign form. I don't want somebody checking out if I'm watching an ad and rewarding me based on the desired behavior. That's uh, what lab animals are for. I mean, this is it's so repulsive what we've been reduced to.
0: Yeah, it, 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 talk a little bit about about uh, talk a little bit about the lockdown and how you're dealing with it, or how you see people dealing with it. Um, where I'm at, there there are groups that are organizing to speak out. Uh, the problem is, there's it's just it's it's a it's a it's a it's a huge task, of course, to be taking on. And uh, and it's where do you draw the line? Do you draw the line when you've got uh, a government agency knocking on your door, uh, you know, forcing uh, forcing you to be vaccinated—is that where you draw the line? At that point, is it too late? But we'll talk a little bit a little bit about the lockdown from from your vantage point. But before you get to that, uh, Helen, I want you to to, to I'm ask you a question. Uh, you, you mentioned AI in artificial intelligence, and certainly um, that's exactly where uh, Silicon Valley is going uh, uh, in regards to uh, the five G and then the six G networks. Um, and and basically our dependence on uh, this uh, this digital age of the internet um, is there a connection that you've been able to make out of, uh, between uh, CERN what's happening in CERN uh, with uh, with the, de- the development of artificial intelligence?
1: I haven't actually been following CERN that closely recently, but um, as far as AI goes. I mean this is this is what's going to be analyzing all the data and being able to predict your own behavior better than you can and the 5G networks of course will mean that 24/7 real-time surveillance is possible they have the bandwidth to basically track every single human being over every inch of land And with uh, Bill Gates is, of course, investing in these satellites that will monitor every the the entire surface of the earth. When you have the power like this, you need some something bigger than human beings to, to process all of it because you just have way too much data. And so AI is going to be the one running the show. And. Like I said, if, if they if they end up putting this patent six 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 into into play, then we if we we have the potential to just become batteries for powering this all powerful AI. And I'm sorry, that that's not a not what I see as being a laudable goal for humanity. I really don't think other people should either.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly it doesn't it doesn't support the uh, it doesn't support any of the uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 Constitution, if you will, uh, being uh, free thinking, free speech. Uh, whatever it may be, uh, freedom of religion. Uh, so, uh, what's your uh, what's what's your uh, 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 recommendation regarding? It? Let's let's say that uh, let's say that this message is uh, resonating with listeners and, uh, and 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 their understanding that yes, these are these are elements that are they're a real threat. Um, how, how how do you suggest? Listeners um, act uh, 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 what's your view on this on this lockdown? is this uh, is this a, a tyrannical um, is this a tyrannical effort to to censor people um, in the guise of uh, in the guise of a health uh, pandemic?
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely that. Um, I mean I live in New York, which is supposedly the epicenter of this whole thing. Now, I mean, if you read the news, you'll hear there's people dropping dead in the streets and there's people eating each other, or whatever whatever bogus stuff they're making up today. But um, it's really rather mild here, except for the fact that businesses are closing left and right and people are leaving the city in droves because they can't do anything. And it's, it is very much a tyrannical situation because there's nothing to justify this. I mean, our governor, Andrew Cuomo, has even said himself that, oh, whoops, two thirds of the new cases are in people who were sheltering at home. So, if you got people sheltering at home, which is the, the whole point of the lockdown was for health. And uh, so, if sheltering at home actually, actually uh, gets you sick, then what's the point exactly? Why are we not opening things up right now? So, um, I would advise people who are listening, who, who want to you know, know what they can do. I mean, it, you see people on the street who are very scared, who are walking around. Uh, even when they're by themselves or who are running or biking and they've got a mask on and there's no logical reason to be wearing a mask. If you're on a bike, I'm sorry. Or if you're alone in your car with the windows rolled up. I mean, and I, I wrote a whole big article about how it's become this sort of like religious cult-like uh, experience because people are so unbalanced and all in, in an unfamiliar place. And so the, the ruling class has just offered this pre-made cult doctrine for them, which is that not only, Oh, the only thing that can keep you safe is following or, Those who do not follow the orders are heretics, and you must shun them, and you must uh, eventually turn them in. And that's why they have all these snitch hotlines and why they're eventually going to be offering these people jobs as contact tracers. So I would say that that, uh, one of the most important things that you can do is deprogram your neighbors. I mean, there are ways to do this that cold experts have uh, figured, which is you really need to approach them one-on-one. Otherwise, you get hit in the face with groupthink, and that's you you uh, can't—when there's more than one of them and they're all like true believers— you're not going to make much headway at all. So you have to, obviously it helps if you know the person, you know what way to approach them, understand that this programming was imposed on them through very, uh, very sophisticated means. Um, they always use like guilt and shame and very base emotions, and they they play on whatever that person's insecurities are. And that's why there are so many different like ways to approach the narrative. I mean, there are a lot of these stories that come out that just say, oh, well, this guy he didn't believe in uh, coronavirus, so now he has it and he's gonna die. And there's right. like dozens of these stories. And it, it's like it, it, nobody is actually following up on these guys who come out on social media and say, oh, I don't think that this is such a big deal. And then, oh, whoops, two weeks later, oh, look, he's he's on a ventilator. Well, you don't want to be that guy. This this stuff is so fake. And it's like, it, it really, it does have this very religious aspect to it that I don't know if other people are afraid to call it out or they don't recognize it or what. But when you see the, the just the animosity that these lockdowns have in churches, for one thing, and it's like they, they want to keep you away from your, your one religion so that you'll join theirs or I, I don't know. I mean, it's inexplicable otherwise, at least. I, I can't imagine why you would be able to go to like a, a Walmart and wait in line bunched up outside so you can social distance inside because that totally makes sense. Uh, but you can't like go to church and sit in your car. I and mean, They've been yelling at these people, arresting people who go to church in cars. And that just doesn't make sense. So, I mean, there's, there's so many of these things that are contradictory. And if you just point these out, to the average person, um, if you're at least if you're one on one with them and you're not with somebody who whose approval they crave, yeah. I mean, there's this phenomenon called the spiral of silence that's very powerful in these cases, and it's basically a person refrains from speaking their mind because they're afraid the next person will judge them for it, and they want to be approved of by that person. So the next person, then not hearing that first person say something, they also keep it inside whatever they were going to say, and it goes tighter and tighter in until you've got everybody being silent about everything except. the the most, like strict orthodoxy and of course social media is no help with this because they're now deep platforming people left and right for daring to i think twitter is now going after people who post unverified things i mean everything in science is unverified that's the whole point it's test hypothesize test uh, theorize you can't verify it is, is not a word that really applies there this is this is for the coronavirus stuff not for everything yet but that's where it's going and there are all these videos going around Talking about how you need to cut off your conspiracy theorist relatives because they're not helping and they're they're actually hurting people. I mean, there was a study that said that uh, people who who uh, don't who don't uh, believe the mainstream narrative? They use different terminology, but it was basically people who don't believe the mainstream narrative, who don't take coronavirus seriously enough. Are they They're actually, if they if they watch this show, it was like Fox versus MB, MSNBC or something like that. If they watch this show instead of this show, then they're this much more likely to get sick. And it was the most unscientific study you'll ever see, but makes a great headline, and nobody reads past the headlines anymore. So. Yeah, long story short, um, if people need to get in touch with their neighbors, with their families, with their friends, I mean, even just the act of walking down the street not wearing a mask, like, people people are so starved for just anything but the official story that like I was like literally I walked out of a store last night and you have to wear a mask in a store in New York as soon as I walked out I took off my mask because I'm not going to wear that outside and the guy was standing there at a bus stop and he's just like I'm so glad to see you take that thing off and I was like yeah you know some of us are still sane and it's just it's it's been very unsettling watching people who are like commentators who, who are against the American imperialist foreign policy and who have made their careers doing this. And then as soon as this virus shows up, then all of a sudden they, they've gone like it's like a pod person. They, they've suddenly had their, their mind taken over by this. Oh, yes, government must save us. Protect me from scary, scary virus. it's like, just like, how do you, how do you look yourself in the mirror? It's, I don't, I don't understand what, what uh, causes this transformation, but I feel like it can be undone. I've seen it happen. And, uh, it's our job to do that now while we still can, while we still have the option, while we're allowed out of our houses. I mean, New York is under lockdown, but it's not like super under lockdown. And so you still can go outside. You just I mean, supposedly can't meet with people. And if you do, uh, if, if it does get to the point where these, uh, sh- for one thing, shut off the automatic updater on your phone because the next uh, version of whatever operating system you get will probably have this contact tracing platform in it. And uh, you don't want that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Helen, uh, it, let's suppose that uh, that America uh, is facing an enemy here. Is, is that the same enemy that, the, that that caused the American Revolution? And, and, and I don't mean to say Britain. I don't want to, I don't want to address Britain as Britain, uh, but is it is it the same enemy?
1: Well, it's definitely a tyranny imposed from outside. I mean, I wasn't there in seventeen seventy six so I can't exactly speak to the the uh, experiences of the colonists, but uh, there are definitely a lot of parallels. I mean, you when you look at the number of uh, Bill of rights amendments that they've just shredded, um the one of the few ones that was left was about uh, quartering troops because i mean this is this twenty twenty we don't quarter troops but then in Texas, you look and there was um one of the emergency measures that they had picked up was that they could have a national guard go to your homes and kick in your door, basically, and uh, and move you. So it's like, well, what are they going to do, and, 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 and do what with your stuff, and do what in your home? You're not there. So it's just that they're inching ever closer to stripping us of every single last right that... That people fought so hard for all those years ago. So, I mean, there are definitely parallels. I'm not going to say it's the same exact enemy, but it's certainly a modern uh, technology-enabled version of it. And that's, I mean, I refer to these contact tracers as like the junior Stasi. But like, if the actual East German Stasi had had the kind of technology that we had now, yeah, I mean, they would have been a nightmare, completely unstoppable. I mean, they'd probably still be there, but. Um, Right now, the, the, the technology is what has made a lot of difference because back then, they, were, they had big ideas, but they didn't have the way to carry them out, and now they have that, and that's, that's the scary part because we're, we're humans. We're not computers, and they have the computers.
0: Helen, what are some closing thoughts for listeners? Uh, what, do they need to, uh, what do they need to concentrate on? Uh, to uh uh, 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 to save themselves. What are some closing thoughts and 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 uh, uh, suggestions for listeners?
1: Well, uh, don't believe anything you read. Don't believe anything you hear. Um, I mean, not obviously, not completely, but do your research. Uh, if you hear something that's too good to be true? It probably is. And um, obviously the media is lying to you. A lot of the quote-unquote alternative media is also lying to you. Um, If if you want to believe something and you're told that thing, then chances are that there's something more to it. And I would say instill a critical capacity, not only in yourself, but in your loved ones, your friends, your family. Like I said, wake people up. If you've got somebody who's fallen prey to this pod people thing, do what you can to wake them up. I mean, our only hope is to spread information and and to understand that we might be outmatched in some ways, like in terms of obviously they have control of all the media establishment and the social media and everything on that level, plus a lot of the weapons. But um, we have the truth on our side and their propaganda is really sloppy. Like, it, they can't even say the same thing two weeks in a row. They, they keep contradicting themselves, and they keep slipping up, and it's because they, they don't feel like they have to try. And so it's not that hard to poke holes in their narrative and to point that out to people and say, hey, look, see how uh, they're censoring everything that goes against what the WHO says? Well, remember how the WHO was saying something completely different in January? Well, that's a little weird, right? So, I mean, there are so many different ways to approach this when you're talking to somebody, but it really does have to be on that, like, human level of just, like, talking to people. You can't go on social media and expect to say something and have the world hear it, and the world is woken up and your job is done. It's going to actually take some like lo-fi stuff like handing out leaflets. I don't know. Uh, there, there, are, there are ways to do this that don't require going through their platforms. One of the reasons why this lockdown has been so successful in brainwashing people is that they have us all stuck to our screens. When, everything, when every bit of human interaction is moderated through Uh, A program that's uh, owned by some billionaire somewhere, then, I mean, obviously there's very, very little of the human experience is going to filter through there. And that's the whole point. If we we can't, we're supposed to go through uh, the next several months not even hugging somebody, not even uh, shaking hands not even looking somebody in the eye and now I mean, when we do go outside we're supposed to have these masks on so we can't even uh, recognize the expression behind the mask i mean th- there's so many ways in which this is meant to divorce us from our humanity never lose your humanity it's very important that the, the whole process has been one of alienation social distancing alienation by another name and uh you cannot let them finish the job of alienating you from not only from the earth from society from your family from your loved ones don't let them alienate you from yourself i mean that's that's when you're really lost
0: read her work helen of ladies and gentlemen helen Biniski. helen thanks for joining discussions of truth
1: thanks for having me
0: uh, you can see and you can hear, rather, uh, you can see on her website and, and uh, the work that she does, RTTV, uh, she's down some hot trails and, um, and she brings to light some of the very basics, if you will, of humanity that, uh, that, 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 that we are all, if you're a member of the human race, then you are losing that sense and that contact Uh, question your own reality, folks. The the reality that you think you live in, that you perceive through your eyes, not necessarily the reality of those that control the elements of the world around you. And you are subjugated to their reality. This has been a discussion of truth at the 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Hour. Stay tuned. Now, for, excuse me, Dr. Robert Scott Bell. He'll be joining us momentarily. Until next time,
1: folks, be awesome.